is all due to you anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter number 5, look at the first word there. Is the word therefore. It's therefore because of something that came what? Before. Let me just back up just a few chapters. In Romans chapters 1 and 2, those are great foundational chapters that point to the wrath of God. We have a problem that causes the wrath of God to be in uh, uh, to be meted out towards us. In fact, turn to uh, chapter number 1 and verse number 18. You'll see it there very clearly. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That's our problem. It's a sin problem that incurs the wrath of God. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And for one chapter, chapter 1, and in chapters 2, in fact, uh, even into chapter number 3, all the way down through verse number 20, uh, you'll see that the, the, these, these chapters are emphasizing the wrath of God. And as such, because of this problem, Paul then turns to the solution to the problem. Aren't you glad that there's a solution to our sin problem? And the solution is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see that, chapters 3, verse 21, all the way through. In particular, you'll see, um, you'll see that salvation is by faith alone, through grace alone. We call it being justified. That's a fancy uh, word that, that somebody put it this way, just as if I had never sinned, it puts us in the right standing before a holy God. And, and Paul is going to just lay that out in, in incredible, incredible language, clear, concise language as only God's Word uh, reveals. But justification, that act, is, is demonstrated and declared to us in chapters 3, half of that chapter, and in chapter 4, he illustrates justification by faith with the man Abraham. And now, all of a sudden, we get to chapter number 5. So we've discussed the wrath of God. We've discussed, that's the problem, we've discussed justification, salvation, is by faith, by grace, through Christ, and it's illustrated great, wonderfully in chapter 4. Now we get to chapter 5. That's why that word, therefore, is there. Because of what Paul has just said. Therefore. Now, let's look at it. Chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. That's not the only thing that comes in our Christian life by faith. In fact, look at verse number 2. By whom also we have access by faith. And of course, everything that we have in our Christian life is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll see Him there at the end of verse number 1. And you'll also see Him again and again. But in particularly, you'll see, um, you'll see Him mentioned there in verse number um, 10, 
For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, there's the Lord Jesus Christ, and it goes on and says, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. So, and, and verse number 11 even says, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything in our Christian life comes because of Jesus Christ. So back to verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Notice the next phrase. We have peace with God. Now, can I tell you something? In just a few days, I'm getting ready to take a trip. And I'm going to the city of my birth, Garland, Texas. And I'm going to visit my mother who is dying and is at home on hospice. Though you probably couldn't even tell she was dying. She looks great. For the most part, she feels great. But she is in the final stages of liver failure. How long will she live? I don't know. Three months ago when I was there, I thought that was the last time. In November before that... I thought that was the last time. I cannot ever say goodbye to mom knowing it could be the last time, though I, I, I have to bring myself to that point in, in, in reality. So here's the way I left her three months ago. Mom, I'll see you at Christmas. <laughs> and that's the way I got out of the house. Uh, that, that's, that's the only way I knew to get out. I, I couldn't see. I couldn't say, Mom, this is it. You've been a good mother. You know, thank thank you for, for, for everything you've done for me. I just felt it easier to say, I'll see you for Christmas. Now, I didn't really expect her to be here for Christmas, but she is, and she's doing well, and, and so I've got to go back and see Mama. Now, this may be the last Christmas. I don't know, but God knows. But I do know this. That dear, precious mother of mine, struggled more with the assurance of her salvation. And can I tell you, she was a pastor's wife. Mrs. Roberts, one, one day, uh, Joe Boyd, I think it was, might have been preaching in, in my dad's church. He started a church in Marshall, Texas, a city that didn't need another Baptist church, you would think, right? Marshall, Texas has a college, East Texas Baptist. It's called University now, but they're, they're Baptist churches. They're, they're, they're all over the place. And here's my father, a student at East Texas Baptist College, it was called then, and felt the Lord call, uh, wanted him to start a Baptist church. And he did. And he did it on a tent revival out in an empty lot somewhere. And my mother was playing the, the piano under a, a tent. And, and if it wasn't Joe Boyd, it was some other preacher that we probably most of us would know. But, but my mother, in the invitation, stopped playing the piano and went forward where my father was standing, took my dad's hand and said, I'm lost. I need to get saved. Now, wait a minute. That's not only the church pianist. That's the pastor's wife that fell under conviction. Now, she had been saved, or so she thought, when she was just a, a young girl. In fact, her twin sister, they, they both were saved at about the same time in the same church. But for all of those years, from 
That moment till she's a pastor's wife, she had struggled doubting her salvation. And so you say, well, what happened? Well, she bowed her head right there <laughs> under the tent, asked Jesus to save her. Now, the Bible does say you must be born again, but it doesn't say again and again and again. But, you know, a lot of folks have been like my mother. They've struggled with it, and they don't want to live another day doubting their salvation. And enough said, let's just go ahead and settle it. And praise the Lord, she settled it, and she got rebaptized. Because baptism comes after salvation, right? Now, wait a minute. Years passed. I was in college and graduated, and I had started a, a church. When the call came, that mama had gone forward in church. And this is a church where she's a, a senior citizen. And she fell under conviction all over again. And she went forward and she said, I'm, I, 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 I've, for years have I doubted my salvation. They dealt with her very clearly with the Bible and prayed and you know, all did everything they, they were supposed to do. And my mother bowed her head again at an altar in a Baptist church and asked Jesus to save her, as far as I know, for the third time, right? And she followed the Lord in baptism again. And I, I said, Mom, are you, just, are you just wanting to know for sure, for sure? So is that how many times it takes you to know for sure to get saved three times and dumped three times so you know for sure? And, and she'd laugh. She said, no, but honestly, I've, I've struggled with this. Now, can I tell you, my mother is not the only one that struggles with the assurance of your salvation. And did you know I think that the devil, if the devil could have his way in your life, he can't take you to hell once you're saved, but he can sure put some doubts in your mind and make you think you're going there. Do you ever wonder why in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says that we're to put on the helmet of salvation, verse 17. Why is it called the helmet of salvation? I think because... The devil likes to play mind games with believers. If he can get you to doubt, and listen to me, I've never known anybody that did anything worth their weight in salt for God who doubted their salvation. If he can get you to doubt and do it for a period of years, can I tell you something? Pretty much he's got you on the sidelines, which is where he wants you to be. And by the way, in that same whole armor of God chapter in Ephesians chapter 6, it also says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the what? Gospel. Now hear me, there, there, the gospel is pretty plain spoken. It's pretty simple. If you just do what it says, it will do for you what it says it will do. But the devil comes in after you've done that and he starts... Messing with you. I think probably one of the clearest passages of Scripture that deal with the eternal security of a believer is probably in the chapter that we're just looking at. Romans chapter 5. You can call it what you want to call it. We're made fun of a lot of times. Even by some, some Baptists don't even believe in eternal security. The, uh, do you, do you, uh, they, you know, they all say, oh, you're, you're that once saved, always saved. 
You say, well, do, are you once saved, always saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's look at it together and learn something from God's Word together that I think these are realities or truths, call it what you want, uh, components or principles, I think that are clear right here in the first few verses that can give us, I think, this security that we uh, have done what we needed to do. Therefore, notice it says, being justified by faith. We have peace with God. You know what? My mother did not have peace with God until she took God at His Word. Now, wait a minute. I'm not talking about the peace of God. We experience that again and again and again. I've experienced that even today, the peace of God. But you'll never get the peace of God until you get the peace with God. And that's a one-time thing. Salvation is a one-time thing. And the reason, and you know what the opposite of peace is? It's what? If you don't have peace, you ask, ask them in Ukraine what the, what the other <laughs> side of the battle is. It, it's war, right? And did you know that the Bible says that you and I were at war with God? Look at verse number 10 there in Romans chapter number 5. For if when we were, what's the next word? Enemies. You know who we were enemies with? With God. And let me just tell you, God was, at, God was filling up His wrath with you too. And we needed some help. And praise the Lord that we were justified by faith. We were put in a place of standing just as if we had never sinned. Only Jesus can do that. But when Jesus does that, you have peace with God. And can I tell you something? Then you can experience the peace of God again and again and again. And you can shout. Because once you get it, you don't lose it. But that's not the only principle or truth or component. Some people think salvation is just a ticket to get to heaven. Can I tell you? It's that, but it's so much more. It's so much more. Look at verse number two. Uh, two. It says, by whom, there it again, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also... We have, and I like this, have access by faith. Not only are we justified by faith, which gives us peace with God, but secondly, we have access by faith. Notice what that does. Into this grace wherein we stand. I like this verse, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 14 says this, For He, talking about Christ, is our peace. Now watch this. We have access. That's why the Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of God. To find help and mercy in time of need. How, do, how can we... To the Jewish mind, they had, they, had, they had no access to God. In fact, only one man had access. And he was the high priest. And only he could go to God once a year on the Day of Atonement. 
I mean, that's it. They, in fact, the Shekinah glory of God presided in that tabernacle and later the permanent structure of the temple. And, and, but, but nobody could get into the Holy of Holies and, except the high priest. And he was only permitted once a year. And everybody else had to keep their distance. But can I tell you that when Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross, my Bible tells me that in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 51, that as soon as He laid down His life, that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. That's the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. You said, what was that all about? It was now accessible to get to God for yourself. Hebrews will tell, you, tell us all, we are all now our own priest. That's why we can come boldly to the throne of God to find mercy and help in time of need. In um, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18, the Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for, uh, uh, for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Now watch this. Here's, here's how big salvation is. Salvation takes care of our past. We're justified by faith. But that doesn't mean that that's the end of salvation. Did you know that Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is our high priest? He's ever living, making intercession for us right now at the right hand of the Father. That's why we have access by faith, and then notice this, into this grace. You know what grace is, unmerited favor. You don't have to do something to get saved. He did it all for you. In fact, what He did for you, you didn't even deserve, right? That's why it's called grace, unmerited favor. And it says, wherein we, what's the next word? Stand. Did you know that's, a, that's an athletic word which means to be fixed, to be grounded, to be unmoved? We stand. You say, you Baptist, you think you can, once you're saved, you're always saved. Yes, because we're standing. And you know what we're standing in? We're standing in grace. Wherein this grace, wherein we stand. And grace means I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm standing right here. Because of what Jesus did for me. That's not all we have. Look at verse number, uh, the, the end of verse number two. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That word rejoice. It, it's a, it's, it's a big word. It's a word that means jubilation. It's a word that means exaltation. It's a word that means I am thrilled beyond thrilled. And thrilled at what? Look at it. In hope of the glory of God, we live or rejoice in hope. John 17 and verse number 22 in the, the Lord's priestly prayer, here's what He said, "...and the glory which Thou gavest Me I have given them," talking about you and I, "...that they may be one even as we are one." I love, I love what the Apostle Peter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this in 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse 5, who are kept by the power 
of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Turn over to Romans chapter 8 real quick. Romans chapter number 8. Look at verse number 18. Romans chapter number 8. And verse number 18, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 7. Verse, uh, chapter 8 and verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Which shall be revealed in us. Look at verse number 24 of that same chapter. For we are saved by Hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now watch this. Justified by faith. That happened in the past. Access to God by faith. That's right now in the present. Hoping for the glory of God. Did you know the Bible says one day I'm going to be like Jesus and share in the same glory that Jesus has I'm going to have? That's a future event. Now, the truth of the matter is, until that day, I'm to be becoming more and more like Jesus. Can I tell you, when God starts something, you can mark it down, God finishes what He starts. That's why we're kept by the power of God unto salvation, as Peter would put it in chapter number 1, verse 5. But wait a minute, that's not all. Back to chapter number 5 and look at verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the glory someday. I, I, I really am. But can I tell you, I don't have to wait for that. I, I, I'm receiving that now. You say, how in the world is that happening? Because look at verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. And let me just tell you that only Christians can do that. And can I tell you that getting saved didn't make you immune from tri tribulation? I, got a neighbor, I had a neighbor across the street did not want to be a Christian because she says, I, 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 you Christians have a lot of problems. Your, your wife just died of cancer. I don't, I don't want, man, we've we got enough, you know. I, now, here's, here's the problem. You're judging everything about God based on what's happening on my side of the street. And can I tell you what I see on your side of the street? You better have your parties. You better play your music loud. Uh, you, you better do all the fun things you can do right now. Because let me tell you something, the party ends when you take your last breath. Now watch this. Getting saved doesn't make me immune from tribulation. But here's what it does. It puts God right in the middle of it. Listen, if we're going to all, saved and lost, go through a tribulation, I'd rather have God in my, in, uh, in my court, wouldn't you? And, and that's what Paul is saying. Listen, I'm telling you, once you get saved, He's there for you. And only in tribulation sometimes do you really understand how close He really is to you. And that's why it says, it goes on, uh, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. There we just made it full circle. But let's go on. 
verse number 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Let me just paraphrase it by putting it this way. You'll never be disappointed with the hope that God gives you. He'll never break His Word. He'll never break His promise. If He said it, you can cash the check. It will cash. Hope maketh not ashamed. And then He gives us an explanation of something else that's a truth. Something else that's this component or something else that is this um, reality that brings me into this security of the believer. And here it is. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Can I tell you something? I, that word shed abroad means it just overflows. I hope, I, listen, I know that you've experienced the love of God. You probably experienced that the moment you said yes to Jesus. But can I tell you that was just the beginning? The love of God is so big and so powerful and so awesome that it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And, and, and it says it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It's the first time the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the book of Romans. But there it is. And guess what the Holy Spirit's doing? He's pouring out God's love in your life because He's in your life. And then look at this, verse number, uh, verse number 6. For when we were... Yet without strength. Now, hear me. These adjectives that we're about to read here are adjectives that describe you and me. And the first one there is without strength. Meaning there's nothing, there, you don't have the power, not to mention the capability of saving yourselves. You can't do that. That's why so many people are so frustrated because they think they've got to do this and do this and do this in order to gain God's salvation. Can I tell you something? You don't do it. Jesus did it and because you're without strength. Not only that, but look at the last word in verse number 6. What is that last word? Ungodly. You know, if something is un-something, it's the exact opposite of it, right? In other words... Ungodly is the opposite of godly. Can I tell you, that's who I was. Ungodly before salvation. Without strength before salvation. The word righteous there is mentioned in verse number 7. But in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, as it is written, there is an unrighteous, no, not one. That means I'm unrighteous. The word good is also mentioned there in verse number 7, but my Bible tells me very clearly in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 12, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Think about that. I'm without strength. I'm ungodly. I'm unrighteous. I'm not good. And then verse number 8 tells me this. It uses the word sinners in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, that's who I am. A sinner. But a sinner saved by grace. And to make it even worse than that, Verse number 10 says, when we were enemies. I don't know if it can get much worse, right? Without strength, ungodly, unrighteous, not good, sinners, enemies of God. Boy, we need some help. And then help arrives. Look at verse number 8 again. But God commendeth His love 
toward us. That, that was us that I just described with all those adjectives. In that while we were yet sinners. That ought, to, that, that ought to answer the question once and for all. Is there something I can do to ever lose my salvation? No. Because there was nothing you had to do to get it. You were a sinner. Ungodly. But Christ died for sinners. Christ died for us, the Bible says. So we've got, watch this. We've got peace with God in verse 1. We've got grace that we stand in in verse 2. We've got rejoicing in hope of God's glory in verse 2. Now we have verse 5 through verse number 8, this love of God. All of, all of these are truths that bring me to my security of my own salvation. But look at verse number 9. Much more than. When you think it's good, it even gets better. <laughs> Much more than. Being now justified by His blood. Watch this. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Two times in that verse, reconciled is mentioned. What does that mean? To be reconciled is a wonderful word. The Greek word, katalasso. It means to bring back into a relationship. It's when two parties are brought together that probably should have, ne well, should have never been separated to begin with. You say, well, when did that happen? It happened in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned. And because he sinned, you and I inherit that sin nature. That's what Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Can I tell you something? At the moment Jesus died on Calvary, He was reconciling, the Bible says, the world to Himself. He was bringing back a relationship. And it's because of reconciliation that I can not only have a full relationship with God, but a full fellowship with God. Hallelujah! I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have all of these things in, in, inside this package called salvation. There's one more, though. And I'll end with that. Verse number 11. And not only so. I mean, he just has gone on and on, and it gets better and better and bigger and bigger, much more. And, and not only so. And now he's going to end it. With this, watch this. And not only so, but we also, and there's that word, joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. One of the greatest blessings of salvation is a joy that comes from the Lord. And can I tell you something? It doesn't mean that every day when you get up, the sun is always going to shine. But we still can have our joy. 
And isn't it interesting that it is connected not only to the Lord, but remember that when David sinned, his prayer was, Restore the what of my salvation? Joy of my salvation. The only thing you can, you can't lose the salvation, but you could lose the joy. And only sin does that. Now, can I tell you something? You cannot live for a God that you do not trust in. But the longer you serve Him, the sweeter He grows. And can I tell you, that other verse says, and more love He bestows. That's joy. Joy. I would pray that no one is like my mother and get saved at a young age and then at a tent revival as a pastor's wife, still young, thinks she needed to get saved again, and then later on as a senior citizen in her own church. Now, I'm glad, and I would counsel you, and I would counsel my mother, Mom, if you have doubts, let's nail this thing down. I think it's nailed down. I really do. And that's what Paul is trying to convince to the to the Jewish believers once and for all. Let me tell you something. If you don't make it right, the, the wrath of God abides on you. Your only hope is to be justified by faith. But let me tell you something. When you do it, it's something that will last all the way through to eternity. Once saved. Always saved. We've got so much here in these few verses just one thing built upon another thing upon another thing until finally we step back and we look at it and go, wow. Only God could take a mess like me and turn my mess into a message. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to the end of... Another day. A day that no doubt had some opportunities that if we had just been mindful of, we perhaps could have been used in the life of someone else. Maybe it was just a smile. Maybe it was just a kind word. Maybe it was just praying for somebody when we felt impressed to lift them in prayer. So many things that we could do each and every day of our lives. We're here for a reason. We're not here very long either. And I pray that as we're here, we'll do Your will. And we'll do it with the promises of Thy Word that says we're Your child. Yes, we were enemies, But we were reconciled from a foe to a friend. No wonder we have joy. What a relationship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Here's the way I'm going to close the service. I don't know who's saved and who's not. I 
would want to think that everybody here knows Christ. But even the person that may have known Him the longest may have battled this one issue the longest as well. Security of the believer. Once you enter the family of God, He never abandons His own child. You're kept by the power of God unto salvation. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you have been struggling with that, I'll linger for as long as I need to tonight, and discreetly we can talk. But don't live your life doubting. Settle it once and for all, and then get in line and do what God tells you to do. Be busy about serving Him. Let's all stand. Father, we rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And Lord, this life is but a vapor. And all the frailties that come with this life, no 